Thank you. Right. Are you suggesting that someone's trying to make a real-life sequel? Stat 2? Who'd want to do that? Sequels suck. No. Two in the box! Ready to go! We be fast and they be slow! Wow! A second Super Saiyan? Second in order, perhaps, but by no means in stature. Your fight is with me now. I'll have my revenge and Deathstalker, too. Man, I can't fucking believe this. Another basement, another elevator. How can the same shit happen to the same guy twice? Oh, please, please. By definition alone, there are few of your films. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Inside the Sequel, the podcast where we talk about sequel movies that don't get enough love or attention that they deserve. And uh, today I'm excited for today's special episode because we have a three-way going on, which we haven't seen the likes of that on this podcast in a while. And we're talking about Guillermo del Toro's 2002 sequel, Blade 2. There's a world beyond the one we know, where the powers of darkness fear nothing but one man. We represent the ruling body of the Vampire Nation. They're offering you a truce. They want to meet with you. You're sure about this? They'll take us in deeper than we've ever been. Now, those he has sworn to kill need his help to fight a new breed of terror. They're no longer top of the food chain. Our forces are ready to fight, but we need a leader. Let me get this right. You want me to hunt them for you? Now with me on this um, on this special journey through this movie, um, I have two of the biggest Blade stands I actually know. I don't know if Blade has such a huge following, but I know these two like it. So I have from Cobwebs, I have Daniel Epler, and I have from the Film Feast, Matt Bledsoe. How you fellers doing? Good, Chris. How are you? I'm good. I'm sweaty. I'm nervous to slander this movie to two fans of the film. <laughs> Oh no. Uh, yeah, I was going to say like is not strong enough. Love Blade 2 is the, the proper <laughs> term for me because I love this movie. Just start off telling people what I'm doing, what I'm thinking about. But yeah, I, I'm very excited to talk to you guys. I'm excited to be back on Inside the Sequel too. So this should be fun. However, I, I do think it's unfair to categorize me as one of the biggest Blade stands. <laughs> Because that's not true. While I'm a big fan of this movie and I'm very happy you asked me on to talk about it, I've actually never seen Blade Trinity and I've never watched like any of the Blade <laughs> animated movies and I've never read a Blade comic book. So I, I don't think I'm actually very qualified, but I do like action <laughs> movies and horror movies. And obviously I love vampires. So, well, I guess I should, I should clarify. I think also what gave me an idea that you like the Blade movies because when we did um, Hellboy 2 with Del Toro, 
you did talk about Blade 2 and you were like, you'd really like 2. Like 2's cool. I like every Blade movie I've ever seen, mm, mm, which is two of them, mm, mm, not three. I tell you right now, no one should watch Blade Trinity. <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted to watch it before this, but I, I, I couldn't do it. I didn't do it's, it. It was one of the biggest disappointments of my movie going life, honest <laughs> to God. Like how much I love Blade 1 and 2. And I saw, I skipped school to see Blade Trinity. And I was left theater, my head down. I was like, what the fuck was that? And uh, I think Mike Scott is also a big Blade stand. Uh, he could have been a good guest too, but I think he actually likes Blade Trinity as well. You have to ask him. Oh, Sorry okay. to slander Blade Trinity right at the bat, but I hate Blade Trinity so much. Like, well, well that could be a future episode with Mike Scott. I there guess. you go. Yeah, yeah. There you go. But it's also on HBO Max, so shout that out, dude. Yeah. HBO Max is taking the cake for being the best streaming service. I, I am serious. I love that streaming service so much. Except the fucking <laughs> app is bummy when it comes to user friendly control. Dude, I, they did an update, and it seems to be a lot better now. I heard that they did an update, and I haven't had problems with it since. But yeah, it used to be terrible. It's weird. I keep trying to like, you know, give Malignant a chance by like trying to rewatch it. So when I click it, but it won't let me watch it. So I think I'm just destined not to rewatch it. Keep my opinion. I don't believe you. I don't think you've been trying to rewatch it. I think you're lying. Uh, But no, I'm so happy to have you fellers on. And I'm I'm, I'm curious, do you guys blush? Because I'm not quite sure. (laughs) Only around you, baby. (laughs) Oh, shoot. Uh, But what have you two guys been up to? Like, I, I know I've been doing the Fly Fridays with Daniel, but I'm not living with him 24 7 so i don't know what else he's been like much to my up. chagrin yeah i thought so, you guys were roommates this is all a sham i thought you were living <laughs> together no. well daniel i think you're doing some stuff with schlock and awe is that correct oh uh, i guess they're on episode yeah it's gonna be it'll probably be out by the time this is out judging by the date uh that you posted on twitter um so yeah it's part of her evil dead series we're talking about army of darkness mm-hmm. it's a good time mm-hmm. i then, think Good. And I've been enjoying the Fly Fridays we've been doing. Matt, you better be liking them because I'm not putting out this effort for nothing. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I saw Matt rate the original Fly on Letterboxd and he rated it so low. Yeah. And I was heartbroken. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Bleto, great movie. Absolutely loved it. Three star. <laughs> Cinema. I wish he rated three stars. If he rated oh. three stars, I would have nothing to say. Matt, that's, you low, you rated your... it lower than three? <laughs> you fucking mad, man. <laughs> but uh, yeah, sorry about my fly rating. I try to do it in the uh, the middle of the night when no one would see it. And it's like people still saw it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, let me just do this like after midnight. No one will notice. Um, I found it very boring. I am so sorry. <laughs> like I was, I was having a hard time. Um, I thought it started off pretty interesting. I thought it, ended very interesting i felt like the middle just i was it was tough maybe i was tired maybe something was wrong with me i'll give it another shot i didn't hate it i just was like it wasn't doing much for me so that that ending is nightmare fuel though with him and that spider web i can totally see why that terrified you as a child i'll take that i'll take that (laughs) you know people complain like oh my god instagram and facebook messenger are down and stuff but i was like what are you talking about i'm on letterbox i get to see what everyone's talking about right now (laughs) if letterbox goes down i don't know what i'm gonna do (laughs) bro i need to see those porn reviews and rankings from my friends i need to know (laughs) time is a valuable thing to waste and letterbox comes through with those reviews for me uh but matt what have you been up to i will say um so i was listening to your creep show episode um with walker texas ranger and um (laughs) i'm not gonna lie dude for the i was laughing pretty damn hard for the first 10 minutes of that episode it was just cracking me up and then i was like oh ken got married that's fucking awesome (laughs) and then you started roasting him some more and i thought that's even better (laughs) 
funny thing is like, I don't remember what I even said because we recorded that episode like very last minute and I felt like I was really tired doing it. And I was like, I do remember I gave him shit because I felt like he admitted he doesn't listen to the show when he's yeah. not on the show. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> it's like, okay, Ken, well, I see what this is all about. <laughs> I'm with Ken. Ken. He was like malignant. You know, everyone's, ga- he said, and I quote, I'm pretty sure he said, everyone's gassing it up, but you know, it's a three, three and a half star movie. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> thank you, Ken. Thank you. I think that's how Ken talks. I don't, <laughs> I don't remember him saying that at all. <laughs> he had a very grounded down to earth review of that movie. And then Matt's like, ah, well, I watched it like three times. So let's move on from it. And I was like, oh, there's tea. There's tea in that room. <laughs> Oh, no, no. I just thought it was funny because he was like, I watched, I was like, can I, I mentioned that in the show like two weeks ago. <laughs> he was like, what? Oh, to be fair, I think the episode I mentioned on Drop the day before his wedding. So he can miss that episode, but I still had to give him fair. shit about it. Uh, um, and plus, I felt like I talked it to death at that point. I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't go into it again. But uh, yeah, he, <laughs> we had, we were frustrated too. So we had audio issues in the episode to start off. So I felt like both of us were like, kind of like okay let's just do this but i'm glad you enjoyed it chris because yeah it's one of the episodes it, it, it finished it and i was like how did that go i have no idea like what we said what happened i don't know well so. any creep show talk is like good talk for me and then when you said i think i like creep show too the more most people i'm like see this is why i knew matt was a good teller because i love creep show too and and uh, i'm pretty sure daniel loves creep show too as well so you're in good company i think creep show too is okay let's let's not go crazy here <laughs> okay whatever um uh so yeah I, I listened to that and i thought that was really fun and um when actually i asked matt first about coming on here and then when he gave me the option he said blade two i was like i should take that opportunity and um yeah um give me some background with like the blade movie so um i need to hear some stories because when these blade movies were coming out i only knew because Wesley snipes was a big deal and they were coming in the early 2000s and i really don't have the best relationship with these movies when they were coming out at that time, because I just wasn't paying attention to them. So like blade, was he kind of like, I don't know. I was watching like Riddick instead, you know, I wasn't watching like blade. Uh-huh. Um, the, the, the vibe of the first blade, especially blade two gives me such early fast and furious vibes too. Am I the only one that felt that? Or <laughs> is that a normal thing? Wait, the blade two or the first blade? Well, the first blade kind of, uh, I, so I think Blade Two is better than Blade One. I, is that a weird opinion? No, no. I, I go back and forth cut. on that literally all the time. Like I can never decide which one I like better, and I I'll just I give them both five stars, but I don't know which one I actually like better. Um, usually it's whatever one I just watch. So like if I watch Blade Two, I'm like, oh, Blade Two is better. If I watch Blade One, I'm like, oh, Blade One's better. But it's like it's a razor thin margin. Um, no, Blade Two. It's a. I think for a long time it was like popular opinion. Blade Two was better than Blade One amongst people, but. That may be me just assuming that. I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, Danny, do you watch the Blade movies growing up? I don't know if you were allowed to. <laughs> so for a long time, the Blade movies were like like what Citizen Kane or Gone with the Wind are for a lot of people. Like movies hanging over my head where I'm like, <laughs> as a movie fan, I have to see these. But for some reason, I never watched them until last year. Um, oh. So I don't have a history with the Blade movies at wow. all. Okay. <laughs> uh, I finally, because I had bought them so many years ago and I've, they've just sat on my shelf. Um, yeah, so I checked them out for the first time last year and I am a Blade 2 guy for sure. Um, I like the first Blade. I particularly like the third act. I think the action is just amazing. Um, but I find the first Blade pretty slow for a while. Uh, and maybe that would change on a second watch. I've only seen it once. Um, but Blade 2 is a pretty across the board love fest for me. Um, so I'm definitely happy to talk about that one on here. 
Yeah, with the first blade, <clears throat> like Daniel said, I, I thought it was a little slower. Um, <clears throat> the CGI um, usage was was a little surprising. I didn't think I would see that much CGI in that movie, but we did. But we get some kind of cool like explosion scenes in that. Um, and I don't recognize the director who did that film. Like I was like, who is that? Like I don't I, I don't recognize it. Um, but no, uh, with Blade, but the jump to Blade Two with Del Toro taking the mantle, especially at this time in his career, like right before the Hellboy movies, um, I think it was kind of like a peak of a, what was to come. But I still really liked what he gave us in that Blade Two movie, you know. Yeah, I mean, he brings a lot to it. Right? And I was thinking about this. I don't want to bash the MCU because I actually like most MCU movies. But oh, here like, we go. <laughs> let's just, no, I was watching this, you know, made in 2002 before there was an MCU and it was just kind of Marvel making movies. And like, this movie is so Del Toro. It's so him, like in every, the way it looks, the, the weird stuff in the movie. And like, if that was the MCU thing, I think they would have beat the Del Toro out of it. They would have like, you know, cause now you, I can't tell most directors who directed an MCU movie cause they kind of, they kind of all have to kind of look mostly similar. Like make a big deal about Chloe Zhao doing the Eternals. Cause it's like, oh my God, we shot outside and there's natural light. You know, it's like, it looks kind of different. Um, but like Blade 2 is so Del Toro, like all the like weird, like, fetuses and jars and all the old vampire shit and like just like how gothic it is and like the color palette he loves like those oranges and blues mm -hmm. um i just don't think the movie would have been the same if he made it you know post mcu like it's he got to put so much personality into it it's kind of amazing for a superhero sequel that it's like it's still so him it's kind of a, it's kind of crazy yeah yeah i mean it came out in 2002 uh, which was definitely a time that I, I like for superhero movies because Hollywood was really figuring out what the hell a superhero movie was. Um, and by now, like, we're all very confident about exactly what a superhero movie is. <laughs> they, they usually always fit in the genre very well. I mean, even something like Suicide Squad, which is technically weirder, uh, the Suicide Squad, rather, it is weirder and more violent. It's still very much, to me, a typical superhero movie in most ways. Um, but in the early 2000s, it was kind of a crapshoot as what the hell it was going to be. Like you could get a Spider-Man or you could get a Blade 2 or you could get an Ang Lee's Hulk um, or an X-Men 2. Like these are all very, very different movies. Um, and all of all of those four movies, I would say, have directors really putting their personal stamps on them um, in really, really good ways. I mean, especially probably the most being Ang Lee's Hulk. That's probably the most... <laughs> just a director doing whatever the hell he wants in a superhero movie. Um, but, but, but you're absolutely right, Matt. I mean, I also, Chris and I, I guess I'm the Del Toro guy in this podcast because Chris and I did a Hellboy 2 episode as well. And I was also just, I mean, that was 2008. And I was mm -hmm. just marveling at what a weird movie that is and how much Del Toro put his personal stamp on it. And I, and I think that's true for this one too, because it, it does retain the really, really good action of the first movie. It might put in a little bit more CGI than I think the first movie does in the action, but for the most part, I don't think it does too much. Um, but Del Toro definitely makes it more of a monster movie. It's way more of a classic monster movie. And that's something that, that really appeals to me about it for sure. Yeah, this movie's rated R and um, the first one it was as well. And I was surprised. I was like, am I watching like an unrated cut? Cause like there was a lot of graphic violence. Like there's limbs falling off. There's a lot of blood. And uh, they just hard R and I'm like, man, remember like, you know, when that was a thing and like, whatever, but like now it's like, oh, Deadpool's rated R for its profanity. And then it's like, <laughs> you know, 
oh, how far can we push the PG-13 envelope at this point now, you know, with these ratings and these controversies and stuff. And it's like, Blade's just like, no, nah, Blade's a vampire guy. We're going to give you all the all the fun and guts with it. You know, and, and it, I will say, I, I don't really, I usually don't like R-rated superhero violence because to me, it's usually just a lot of CGI blood and none of it really feels impactful to me. Like I really, again, I'm bashing it, but I really felt that in the Suicide Squad. I feel that in the Deadpool movies, like they don't feel violent to me. It's just a lot of CGI blood flying around. Mm -hmm. Blade 2 is not like that. Blade 2 does feel like a legitimately violent movie. And I think the violence feels impactful in, in a better way. Yeah, like like you know, before we start recording, I was like, it's a you know, it's a Marvel character, but it kind of doesn't at the same time, you know. Um, Blade to me felt like a like a like a Van Helsing mixed with I don't know if you guys played the video games Devil May Cry, where the character in that video game is like all action packed, but he's hunting demons instead of vampires. But they're really imaginative looking, kind of like what the Blade universe would be like, and kind of a mix with Spawn. But um, but yeah, I, I felt like with the Blade movies, and I was just like kind of impressed like a movie at this time was coming out and i was like spider-man came out the same year didn't it so it's like you yeah, know blades yeah. also coming out and then i was like i feel like daredevil i can't remember when was that 2003 or four i Wait, think it was three, three. Yeah. three so a year later and i'm thinking i feel like daredevil was probably trying to do somewhat of what blade was doing but to a lesser degree you know just with the leather and the, the dark infusement <laughs> It's kind of what they were trying to do in Daredevil. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it's like the Matrix meets Spider-Man meets, I don't know. It's yeah. a very weird thing. Post-Matrix, I think a lot of things were trying to be like cool leather. Even the first X-Men, I feel like, is trying to be oh, yeah, Because oh, it's like, yeah. we're scared of our uh, comic costume. We got all, all black leather across the board. <laughs> like, you know, they're so scared of like being in comic book accurate. Um, just so different than how we are now, which I appreciate yeah. like the new wave Superman. It's like, they'll look like the comic books. You know, it's fine. But back then it was like, all black leather can't do anything too too goofy you know <laughs> like they're worried of being goofy or something right yeah and cyclops has that dumb line what were you expecting leather spandex <laughs> oh we get it yes we were cyclops yeah <laughs> yeah uh how was i gonna say crap uh keep keep talking i, I thought i had it never mind <laughs> oh now i was i was like so yeah you got wesley snipes making this movie and i'm not i'm not like the biggest like uh, wesley snipes like you know, not I'm gonna say fan, but like I haven't watched a lot of Wesley Snipes movies. I've probably seen him just I think in a couple Spike Lee movies, and that's about it. But um, he I know he was a big action star. Um, I wonder like was this a big deal for him to like kind of go out and do his own like superhero action movies in a way? You know, like I, I'm not quite sure because I know Daniel, you've watched a couple um Wesley Snipes movies. I don't know if you Matt have before either. So I was kind of like also thinking like I feel like this is kind of cool that like. Wesley Snipes was doing like this superhero violent action movies, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's a big deal. Yeah, I remember talking about it because it was hard to get this off the ground, I think, with a, a good budget because it's a very obscure superhero. Uh, you know, super comic book movies are not as big a deal in the 90s. Uh, and this is a year after Batman and Robin, which people really, you know, <laughs> that kind of people were very sour on comic movies then. So they did this like hard R superhero movie that on based on an obscure character and no one knew if it was going to work at all um and he had to work really hard to get it off the ground i'm pretty sure you know with everybody else and uh it's it paid off because i think i think they kind of also took a gamble like well they're like well things are so marvel was in bankruptcy in the 90s people don't remember also they had filed bankruptcy because like they had made all these bad business decisions so i think they were just like fuck it let's make a blade movie because like you know we have nothing else to lose we'll take a, we'll take a gamble because they were kind of desperate um and it paid off and he's a big part of it uh and was it, it's one of those characters too i was gonna say 
Wesley Snipes' Blade is one of those characters where it's like, I cannot imagine another actor playing Blade. Like, he's so perfect as Blade. And of course, they're doing it now with Mahershala Ali as Blade. And I think he's great and has the look and everything. I don't know if he has, like, the martial arts skills because Snipes is a actual martial artist. That's why things look so legitimate when he does them. But, uh, mm-hmm. um, I mean, yeah, it so it paid off. And then it was a big hit, and they made Blade 2. Um, and I listen, I go, I'm getting to all over the place now, but it was like when I saw Blade One in '98, this is a year before The Matrix. And when I saw Blade One, I was like, that's the coolest fucking movie I've ever seen. <laughs> like, that is like, I was like 10 when this came out, and I got to go, it was one of the first art movies I got to go see in the theater. Um, and I like lost my mind, like from the opening scene, which is like one of the best opening character directions ever in Blade One with him coming into that club. And the, the blood club scene and just him fucking up those vampires. I was like, well, this is the best thing I've ever seen. And then like, so I was so hyped for Blade 2. Like I had to sneak in uh, like the weekend it came out, the day it came out, I was there. And uh, I love it. I think I, at the time, loved it more than the first one. Um, but I couldn't do any wrong. It, 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 Blade was like, you know, it was like, it was all good for me. And then Blade Trinity came out and ruined everything. But uh, <laughs> But those first two Blade movies are very special to me because I like love them so much. Like I love them so much. Like Blade 2, I had the DVD. I was like literally listening to the commentary tracks over and over. I felt like falling asleep to the commentary tracks with like, yeah, I was obsessed. I've seen Blade 2 and Blade 1 like dozens of times. Like it's bananas. And uh, like the Del Toro and a producer uh, track. And then there's Wesley Snipes and David S. Goyer on a commentary track. And it's funny because the tour and the producer give you like a bunch of good insight and all this stuff. And then <laughs> Wesley Snipes and David S. Goyer just like goofing off and doing like Mystery Science Theater 3000 for most of the track. And where then just, David like, S. Goyer directed Blade Trinity. Yeah. And then it's so sad to listen off. to that commentary track because they're, they're like really good friends on that. And like everything falls apart in Blade Trinity because that movie is a mess and Wesley Snipes like refused to do anything on the movie. But um yeah, I, sorry, I'm all over the place. I'm so excited for these movies, but I'm just like rambling. <laughs> Someone else talk now. <laughs> You're good. Uh, you know, it's funny. I talked on the Hellboy episode about how Hellboy is a rare, a very rare superhero where like, I don't feel like I care about seeing another Hellboy movie unless it's Ron Perlman and unless mm-hmm. it's Del Toro. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like that about Blade as well, where like, I really just want it to be Wesley Snipes because like, <laughs> I share your concerns about Mahershala Ali because he's a great actor, but- he's certainly never proven himself as an action star. I mean, I'm pretty sure the right. closest he's ever done to action is Alita. And I don't think he does very much action in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't, I don't have a lot of faith in that. I also just don't think the MCU is going to allow something, anything like this. Like, I don't think they're going to allow anything too scary or too violent. Um, so I really don't know how that's going to work. It's probably going to be like fine, but it's not going to feel special uh, like blade two does. Cause, cause I, I wish, I wish they would cast these superhero movies would cast more people who can really fight in superhero roles, but they're always like casting comedians and getting them to buff up and they don't really know how to do any fighting. So it's kind of a lot of CGI nonsense, uh, which is okay. Like I'm not against all CGI nonsense in the superhero movie, but it's so much better. It's so much better in blade when you've got Wesley Snipes who can really do this stuff. And, and I love Wesley Snipes as an action star. I like him in a lot of other action movies too, Cause there's just almost nothing more fun than just watching Wesley Snipes beat people up. I mean, even more than a lot of other action stars that I like, like I would way rather watch Wesley Snipes beat people up than even like Arnold Schwarzenegger who I love, but Wesley Snipes beating people up is glorious. He's just so good at it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing. I was like, I was excited. I really only know because of these Blade movies and those few Spike Lee movies. So the action movies you're referring to, I really don't know. So I need you to name drop some for me to watch. My oh. favorite is Passenger 57. That's what I was going to name. Watch yeah. that movie. It's Always super fun. bet on black. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. And Demolition Man is really fun with him and Stallone. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Oh, Stallone and Snipes in a movie? Yep. Yep. Mm. I think you'd really like Demolition Man. It's It's a funny action movie, too. It's like genuinely very funny still has good action like we like fun sci-fi concept it's it's a good time <laughs> absolutely cool. and, and one that's not an action movie but it's phenomenal wesley snipes is white man can't jump uh, with oh with yeah. harrelson great sports drama and their yeah. wesley snipes is so good in it mm. so with blade two with we were talking about del toro and he's tackling this um so he's already kind of done the vampire thing before like when you if you guys seen chronos it's a vampire movie it feels like uh like it feels like a Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula almost in a way, but more Mexican. And then in this movie, it's like action packed vampires. And I think it's really cool. And then he gets Ron Perlman, who's going to be in the Hellboy movie a year later um, or two. And, um, and I think that movie, the casting of this movie is like way better than the first movie. Um, You get Norman Reedus in this, which I had no idea he was going to be in this movie. And when I saw him, I was like, that guy has not aged a day. <laughs> like the looking at like thinking about where he is now with like the um, with the Walking Dead movies at the time, and then looking at him now, I'm just like, wow! Like kid had talent. Um, he thinks he's so cool in this movie, and he's not <laughs> just swaggering around with his greasy hair, smoking a cigarette. Yeah, man, I took these two chicks back to my tent. Blah blah blah. I'm like you're Norman Reedus. I it, works, off. it works for how where the character goes, though. He's a yeah, really like, douchebag. <laughs> I'm assuming we're spoiling things too, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Like, you get the you get the guy from Fast and Furious that tells Dom like, why did um he let the the guy come back to his house? And he's like, because the buster brought me back. The buster kept me from le- from being um, locked up. And he takes his <laughs> Corona. Forget that actor's name. Um, he's not in this movie. Oh, yeah, he is. He's he um, is? he's the one with Ron Perlman. I'm pretty is sure. Chupa? Chupa, yeah. <laughs> is that oh. the same guy? They do look yeah. like, hang on, I'm going to check. We got to look it up. I'm almost positive that is. I knew he looked familiar, but I was like, is that the same guy? Hold on, hold on. Let me see here. <laughs> you guys keep talking. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Bam. Yeah, right, sir. Yep. Vince, Vince and Chupa, his two greatest roles. <laughs> Vince, oh, Vince. I thought you were talking about the skinny little mechanic guy. Well, they're all oh, mechanics, Jesse, but the super mechanic. Oh, guy. Jesse. You know what's okay, weird Vince. is that this actor is in Blade 2 as Chupa. He's also in Blade 1 as some guy named Crease. I don't remember so, him at all. In the whole first different Blade character. Movie. That's really weird. Yeah, he's probably some small side character, but it's just really weird to be in both movies as different characters. <laughs> Um, I'll be honest. I think Blade One. I think the villain in that movie is not that good. The Frost Steven guy. Dorf. Yeah, it's like <laughs> Blade really can't capture a vampire nightclub owner. <laughs> like really. Um, Steven Dorf's greatest role is in The Gate when he's like twelve years <laughs> oh, old. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they they make the point on Blade Two. Like I remember on the commentary that like that they thought they thought the problem with Blade One was they thought the villain wasn't strong enough. Like Deacon Frost was like he was all he was good at he was talking he was like a talking villain but he wasn't a very physical. It wasn't imposing, you know, until he becomes like the blood guy at the end of the movie. So they were like, we got to remedy that in Blade 2. So I love yeah. that Nomak is like a physical equal for Blade compared to how kind of like wimpy Deacon Frost feels. <laughs> like yeah, he's like, he could kill Deacon Frost very easily before he becomes the blood god, but it just doesn't happen. But mm-hmm. um, that's a good change from Blade 1 and 2 is the villain, I think, is more interesting and a better physical threat for Blade. And per and- Del Toro fashion. Oh, sorry. 
I was going to say Hellboy 2 makes the same correction. Mm-hmm. Also with Luke Goss. They're both, both of those are like, we need a better villain. Get Luke yeah. Goss in here. <laughs> I was going to say, you got to, it's per typical Del Toro fashion. He knows how to humanize villains. He knows how to make us kind of feel for them and have some sort of like sympathy. And then they have a real strong reason for why they're being bad. Like when you watch Hellboy 2, the prince, you kind of understand why he's being bad. Same thing in this movie. You understand why they're, 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 the villains are doing what they're doing. And you get a lot of scenes with just the villain. Um, I was I was a little confused with Chris, Chris Christopherson's role in this movie a little bit more um, than when the first one it was more defined. And this one, he's like in and out. And I'm like, oh, is he going to turn on Blade or not? And then it's just like this. That's the question. You know, yeah. and it's like, I like that because I didn't have to think that much or that hard in Blade 1 that I had to <laughs> with Blade 2. I was more invested with these characters. And I also feel like Del Toro gave Wesley Snipes more of an acting chance in this movie. Like he was having way more dialogue. He wasn't just delivering one-liners. Um, he was doing way more different sort of action um, sequences. Um, and he also gets Donnie Yen in it. And I think that's the biggest flaw is like, he doesn't give Donnie Yen enough on this movie. And I was like, <laughs> that's damn. in my notes. Nowhere yeah. near enough yeah. Donnie I'm Yen. always Which, bothered by that. How cool Donnie Yen is this. He gets kind of killed off. Like, not like unceremoniously. A bitch, but unceremoniously. Yeah. It's like yeah. very like, like, wait, that's, he's gone. He's like one of the coolest characters in the blood pack. And then it's like, Nope, dead. It's like, he just gets one jump kick. That's like his one his only showstopper. One that's sweet it. kick, and that's it. And he, he's part of the moment though when he stabs that Reaper in the gut, and the Reaper just pulls himself up and like just basically disembowels himself. Like that's true. Um, yeah, he's part of it. He's not like the one doing it, but yeah, it's it's like two coolish moments. And that's it. Though it's kind of a waste, Donnie Yen, but he was uh, important. For, he was a fight coordinator in this too. One of the fight coordinators. Mm. So uh, why the action is so good. Yes, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. I wonder if Donnie Yen and Wesley Snipes just offset like when like between takes just started like randomly fighting each other to pass <laughs> on all these bozos. I'd pay money. I bet to they see were like. Fight. I bet they were like. One day we're gonna be in the Expendables movies. <laughs> Man, are uh, we? Are you guys big fans of the Expendable movies? I'm just curious. Uh, like a um, like a movie and a half because I really like Expendables two, and then I like parts of one and three, but like basically just two, and then like some some parts of one and three. That's about it for me on Expendables. Oh goodness! Did um, when you know when we were talking about like how it was hard um to get these movies going off the ground. And Matt, you said Wesley Snipes put a lot of effort. He did produce both of these movies. I don't know if he produces the third one, but um, this movie fucking made bank. I don't know if you guys saw the box office numbers. It had like a $34 million budget and it made over $120 million in 2002. Nice. I think that's some serious money at this time for a movie like this. Yeah, Unless- especially compared to the budget. It's like, that's a, that's a nice return there. And like, yeah, I thought it was, actually, I thought the budget was bigger than that, but that's mm-hmm. impressive for 34 million, the stuff they did in this movie. So yeah. can you imagine these days them making a superhero movie for $34 million? No. Exactly. <laughs> Unimaginable. Unimaginable. Maybe they should. <laughs> when one's like less than a, like 100 million-ish, they're like, wow, what a cheap superhero movie. <laughs> <laughs> Only 100 mil. <laughs> yeah, also, I wish superhero movies kind of had different settings and transition of like getting a feel of the world. I think Shang-Chi did a really good job of it. Um, but in Blade 2, I feel like they're all over the place. They're in the sewers. They're in a nightclub. They're in the alleyways. You know, they're on rooftops. You know, it's like constantly dynamic changing. In the first movie, you kind of get that. But I feel like just warehouse scene after warehouse scene. And then you kind of get this cavern. In this one, they're, you're all over. And um, you get an idea of like the outside. And in like a lot of MCU movies, it feels like it's just like in one big city. But it's all a CGI city for the most part. Or just a backdrop, you know? Or <laughs> it's a Sokovia, magical. dude. <laughs> <laughs> 
but uh, you know, I, I gotta have to give because Del Toro does the same thing in the Hellboy uh, movies, and again in Hellboy too. You get like Dan and I covered it. You're in so many different settings and seeing so many different things, and um, yeah, that's why Del Toro is goaded, man. Like he just <laughs> he just knows how to create a world. Even in just one movie, he was able to one surpass the first movie. And like I re- I read some like criticisms of this movie that he didn't add to the Blade character in this movie, and it was kind of like a sloppy script. But like, I felt like it was pretty like well done. Like I could follow the movie from point A to B pretty easily. <laughs> and what's yeah. his had total character dynamic. Like he actually has a romance in this movie. Right. It's not yeah. like some obscure mother son sort of, <laughs> you know, confusion. Yeah. Um, but I, I, do, I don't know. I do like that they don't push the romance too much mm-hmm. and they don't try to make it out to be more than it should be. It's not like, I love you, blah, blah. It's just like, they're almost like you could almost sense there's no romance in the script at all it's like all just in their performances and they just sell you on like an attraction that's there and plus like blade lets her suck his blood uh, <laughs> yes okay they, uh, sucking to, blood to a sexual her. act that i just I mean, don't know about I, it is I, I when will, christopher lee does it always <laughs> there you go i will never forget on the commentary with with leslie snipes that again he's making fun of things in the movie and like that scene where uh blade lets nisa feed off his blood he's like He's like, finally, Blade's getting some action. He's like, he's getting a wrist job. <laughs> Good for him. Oh, he was really, he's very funny on that commentary. Highly recommend. <laughs> like, um, yeah, he was really excited about Blade, like actually having like a kind of legit love interest. I mean, not, they, they don't push it too hard, but he's like, at least there's something. And see, I think they do. It's a good sequel because like they take the character on like a new adventure. You could have done like so many Blade movies where just Blade dropped in different scenarios like a james bond thing you know and i feel like this is fun because it like humanizes blade a little more he's having a little more fun there's like little touches they point out where he like the part at the beginning where he's in that chase and he's on the motorcycle and he gets really close to his car and blows the kiss to it and like there's just like little like extra like fun like blade's having a little more fun this time when he like messing with a blood pack basically which i love that scene (laughs) he's like he's like ooh, so exciting like um just yeah he's having more fun in this one which i really appreciate because he is very like stoic in the first one and like you know it's kind of like very limited dialogue um so i think they expand the character enough that it's like you know he's just having fun hunting vampires now (laughs) i love when he sticks the explosive on ron perlman's head (laughs) glorious moment and the line is so most badass flex you could possibly do (laughs) and he's so direct it's like not even supposed to advice in the back of your neck like he's just like just (laughs) telling exactly what's going on um oh it's so good (laughs) you get these acting chops from blade too like in the first movie blade is all about writing solo and then you know in the second movie he has to kind of work with other people and i was kind of thinking like um you know i was watching this with charlie and she was just like you know what do you think Blade could be a leader? Because I don't feel like he gave that impression the first movie. And I was like, oh, I don't know. But in this movie, he kind of embodies that role very subtly. Like he isn't like, all right, everyone listen to me and stuff like that. He's more like a hard ass where he's like, I, I don't anticipate you guys all surviving and stuff. And he's like telling them and leading them and what they're going to do. And it's like, you know, more dynamic changes for the Blade character, which makes him feel like, yeah, he, he, cause like he's all about hunting these vampires, but now he's coming to realize how he has to show like work with these you know once foes to help them but also having like a, a cautious um approach with them and uh, i i like that kind of change it makes me like blade more and like get to know what kind of like i guess person he is because in the first movie he just feels like wearing black leather having guns barely saying anything in this movie you know he's talking to these characters he's interacting with them 
Um, also, he changes his outfit a little bit. And I know Daniel is a big guy about like super how superheroes look and stuff like that. He's not a superhero, but like he does change his outfit, much like <laughs> how Hellboy changes his hairstyle from Hellboy one to two. You know, like these small changes. He I, yeah, he has more of the ponytail and he grows it out more. Oh, yeah, it's okay. a different look. And in this movie, you know, Blade, I think he more wears mostly the vest instead of just the trench leather jacket the whole time. Um, he uses his katana, I feel like, a little bit more in this movie. Uh, I, I don't know, just like these small little changes that I think make the movie work a lot better. Although I do think there were some inconsistencies with, like, how killing a vampire works. <laughs> but, uh, I mean... Yeah, I'm not going to nitpick uh, the Blade movie for that because the only thing I have to go with vampire killing is just like from what the first movie says and just like old vampire movies, you know, just to yeah, through the heart. They, they again, I think everyone joked about this in the commentary about how like they're not consistent with killing vampires and mostly just tell Charles <laughs> like whatever looks cool in the moment. Like, uh, you know, you hit one with white like light and it blows up like it's, you know, shooting at it, the Reaper against the wall with the van. Like that's so dramatic how it blows up. Uh, there's one guy who gets shot in the beginning chase where he like really, I feel like, slowly kind of disintegrates like it's it's all over the place with how they blow up sometimes and uh i mean there's some there's some stuff in blade 2 where you to, uh, suspend your disbelief because they're like even the people made it were like this makes no sense like the light bomb that goes off in the tunnels how the oh. light kind <laughs> yeah. of like turns a corner and like goes you know it's like it's supposed to be light it's like and it's shooting it's like a big glob of blue it's like you know who knows how it works but uh it's just <laughs> you know it's so true <laughs> it's like del toro was basically about you know whatever looks good basically which i appreciate because like it's a movie you know i just want to look cool so whatever whatever works whatever gets a job done <laughs> yeah that's how i feel i there yeah. was nothing that really bothered me i mean they made it clear that like you kill a i believe they call them reapers yeah different than you kill a vampire because pretty much they can only be killed by sunlight um although i don't really understand i guess there was one <laughs> thing that confused me how blade actually kills nomak because like you can't just shoot or stab them they die it has to be sunlight but he does stab it's like he stabs nomak in just the right way and you you get an inside gut shot of him like it going through his heart mm -hmm. is that it that, That's well they made the him? they made the point when they're doing an autopsy that they have like a hard casing so you can't go straight through with a, with oh, a strike so blaze okay. to go like from the side to hit it basically and i guess ah. so the silver through the heart still works but you have to get around like the the shielding basically and i think nomak even kind of like finishes himself off like yes, he kind of which i really like yeah um because he kind of closed that whole bloodline with his dad adisa and yeah. um yeah so it's a little yeah it's you can still do it you have to get around the side basically was their point <laughs> but mostly it's like sunlight right. and like okay stab him in this one specific spot um and it's yeah. weird they get rid of the politics of vampires in the first movie and replace it with like a royal bloodline like ruler in the second movie it's less yuppie businessman than right exactly. in the first More old movie. school vampires i love how they even yeah. had a line this time where uh oh what's his name they're really really old oh vampire. he's like he's like i'm a lawyer he's like what are you a vampire he's like no close i'm a lawyer yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah the really really old oh damaskino so when he's like uh, blade you took care of beacon frost for us so yeah, we appreciate that. Basically, you got rid of that piece <laughs> of shit. Um, I kind of felt like there was like an American we can't stop a club owner, <laughs> an American section of like vampires, and then like this was like the European network. I don't know the I don't know European the ones are way cooler, yeah. way cooler. Yeah, they get in big blood bath with robes on. Yeah, it's like <laughs> that was so cool. He's just going into a pool of blood. I was like, that's awesome. Also, that seems very Del Toro. Yeah. Like I always like the trope of very old vampires looking like Nosferatu. Yeah, <laughs> always a fan. Uh, yeah. 
Oh. And he was kind of like Darth Sidious in a way too, because he wants to clone more too and like create a new species. <laughs> his his plan is insane. That's one of the parts where I'm kind of like, wait, so what's your plan? It's like I'm gonna like make this new strain of vampires and I have these little baby fetuses and this, you know, like it's like very weird, like out there plan. But uh yeah, that's just I love how he's so old too that when he dies, his blood is just green. Like he's just so old that like <laughs> yeah he turns into dust too i think also i'm glad that del toro is not so fascinated with pushing this pure blood versus the tainted blood um the themes of the first movie and the second one he's just kind of like eh, it's just a discrimination let's move on from it because it's just (laughs) i was like because like i kept thinking like who cares if you're born a vampire because like vampires whole thing is turning people into vampires in the first one so like why does that matter as much and in this one they're just like we're all about trying to make ourselves a better species so we can go in the daylight and rule you know i kind of like that approach with the vampires more in the lore you know i don't know i don't know how accurate it is to like older like vampire movies because um i i mean you know i feel like there was always a thing maybe i'm thinking blade where it's like where people who were born vampires have this weird like uh they're better than people that were turned into vampires like because uh. they're born into it i don't um, see how you can be born a vampire <laughs> I don't yeah understand both that. your parents are vampires but can they have kids i don't know the- apparently they <laughs> so, can i guess they must because they're having vampire babies because there's um i know one of the guys in the blood pack says it where he's like you walk in that club and he's like disgusted he's like oh these people aren't even full bloods they were all turned like he's just like turns his nose up at them so um there's still that weird like hierarchy classism thing (laughs) so um i don't know maybe i'm just thinking of blade i can't remember happens other vampire movies though about like people that returned or people that were just full vampire i don't i can't think of anything else where vampires can reproduce yeah usually it's a no-go for them right like it's (laughs) technically in van helsing but they're by like eggs and they come out as like bat monsters yeah different and they had to use like frankenstein as like yeah they had to do some weird experiment thing to make it happen (laughs) okay so i thought the the new strain of normac or normac was his name right no man no mac no mac um, I love that freaking reveal with how their mouth opens up and like the oh, virus. Yeah. Oh my god! I did not see that coming, and when <laughs> it happened, so I gross. was I was just like, whoa! Like I was like, that's cool. <laughs> they tease it for a while, like till they do the full on like shot when he just opens. People screamed in my theater. Just nice. like people shrieked, <laughs> and it is still so effective. I know it's like a mix of practical and CGI um i think they cut to one right after that's pure practical um that guy light hammer the ball guys getting attacked and there's like a truly all practical mouth effect um but it looks so good I, again i'm like del toro you're a crazy person but i love you <laughs> like to come up with this design <laughs> yeah i think the i think it was like a nice added touch like i didn't really ever feel scared in the first blade movie even though it has to do with vampires um, but this movie, I, there were times where I jumped and was like, whoa, like that kind of freaked me out a little bit, you know, and like between cuts, it's like, um, you know, try about the scary, but then it cuts to something else that's going to scare, scare you instead, like when they're in the, the club and they're kind of like all looking for these things. And then, then it cuts to Norma Reed is just like freaking out, trying to get everything set up, like small little subtle things like that got me jumping. And uh, I got to give Del Toro credit for that because even though it is more action packed, he still doesn't let up on the horror elements of the movie. You know, he's still realizing these all. are yeah. vampires, yeah. you know? <laughs> I, I actually think it is, this is why I kind of think it is better now when I kind of think about Blade Troopers Blade 1. I think it is scarier and I still think the action is better because yeah. I think the Reapers are just so scary because they're like these monsters. They're not like the classical like, suave vampires they're just like 
crackhead monsters. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, and they're the, when they open their mouths, that effect's so scary. So I'm like, the tour like up the action and the horror, which is very impressive. So um, that always is kind of put the edge to Blade Two for me. On it. this time watching it, this time I was like, okay, I think Blade Two is like definitively a little better than Blade One, <laughs> as much as I love both. But everything's just up. It's like a perfect sequel because everything just kind of gets raised up a notch. <laughs> it's also, and I didn't think about this till this watch. It, it kind of uses aliens as a template because it like mm. puts the hero in like a big squad of badasses to go versus like a whole horde of monsters. Um, and, and, you know, it's never a bad idea to use aliens as a template. I'm sure Matt right. would agree with that. I would agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> also, can I tell you that I almost had a heart attack when I was driving my car and you guys are doing your horror sequels bracket on Cobwebs. And the first matchup was aliens versus Halloween 2. And I heard hesitation <laughs> in Chris's voice like, Chris, don't do this. I was like, I even like how Rob Zombie's Halloween too. That was the one. Um, and I was like, I like, I, I'm fine with it. But I was like, it's aliens. Come on. You did the right thing. So I'm proud of you. <laughs> I, I just, I oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it is very aliens, actually. The Temple of the Blade too. I didn't really thought about it. Um, and they add just more vampires. Like that's the threat. It's like, there's so many Reapers at one point in the tunnels. It's terrifying because they're just like coming from every direction and they're completely overwhelmed at one point. It's just like Blade. Ron Perlman and Nisa left and it's like they're just in a circle just shooting and it's just reapers everywhere <laughs> um it's it's yeah it's pretty great it's like they up all the stakes it's like it's a good sequel <laughs> yeah I feel what like if, oh go ahead <laughs> so what if an alien sequel puts Ripley on it in a team of xenomorphs to fight more evil xenomorphs <laughs> <laughs> these are xenomorphs that can like talk now and like <laughs> and they're like kind of like domesticated <laughs> I oddly can kind of see Xenomorphs talking telepathically Only you with her. can help us fight these aliens. Yeah, <laughs> these are these are new strain of aliens. Ripley, <laughs> <laughs> isn't there is a that... TV show called Strain though that has like an image of that looks like the vampires in this movie? Oh like... yeah, I think Del Toro's involved yeah. in it. Yeah, yeah. I thought the image strain? of like that looked kind of familiar outside yeah. of the, the Resident Evil video game lore, but um. I thought there was a TV show that he was involved. I with think it's that. actually based on a book that Del Toro wrote. Yeah, I think you're right, and I think the I'm design it up, adding more the to the legend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was at least a creator and a writer on it for sure. Oh yeah, based on a book by Del Toro. Okay, mm. there it is. There you go. <laughs> Hardest man working in Hollywood. Actually, <laughs> he probably he tries. not. He's probably yeah. not because it's all fun for him. You know, like I feel yeah. like it's not work for him. <laughs> Can I ask? Do you guys have a favorite Del Toro movie? Ooh. Yeah, I probably <laughs> say <it>? Hellboy too. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, my <laughs> my heart wants to say Blade too, but my gut wants to say Pan's Labyrinth. Like my brain wants to say uh, Pan's Labyrinth. I think it's his best movie. But okay, oh, that's tough. He's made so many good movies. And a little Shape of Water too. This is a tough question. <laughs> Shape of Water is my favorite. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, the Oscar winner. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I just love the monster on human sex. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I just like seeing better orcs than what the MCU gave us um, in Hellboy 2. <laughs> or they're not orcs, they're elves, sorry. Right. Well, that answers my next question. I was going to ask if you guys are more of a Hellboy guy or a Blade guy. I think you know my answer to that one. Blade, and then, Matt, yeah. and then Matt, um, Chris is Hellboy. Yeah, I'd say Hellboy. I'm, I'm a Hellboy guy more yeah. so, but I still like Blade a lot. Yeah. I'm not going mean, to lie, though. Watching Blade 2, maybe just want to go and watch the Hellboy movies next. Like, I wanted to just do more like more of the same vein of Del Toro, like, superhero type. Well, like, superhero, but you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I don't know how do you categorize it. I mean, because they're heroes, but they're, like, hunters at the same time hunting the supernatural thing. I don't know what you would categorize these movies. Just fantasy action, 
I guess. I mean, they are technically superhero movies, but they're yeah. also like Blade is Blade is maybe like the best act. Blade Two is maybe the best action horror movie. I think for me, the only real competition with it is actually Brotherhood of the Wolf, which I watched for the first time not long ago, based on Mike Scott's uh, recommendation. I think oh, those yeah. are probably the two best, at least for me. Brotherhood of the Wolf, the new Screen Factor release film. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's not a new movie, but it did get recently released by Screen uh, Factory. Yeah. Well, you know, we love to talk about boutique labels on this podcast. <laughs> That's 30 bucks That's right now for that fucking movie. Wow. I've heard the subtitles are super jacked up on it, but I only heard about that from Jinx from Scream Addicts. I haven't heard yeah. anybody else talk about that, but um, some of his screenshots were pretty rough. A lot of typos and stuff. I would get more upset with um, with that, but I'm per- I'm 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 pretty like used to Screen Factory bombing a release. Um, and charging an oh, arm and a leg. Shut up. <laughs> Knock you know, it off. I heard they the hot- sent me replacement discs on my Friday 13th set. I'm fine. I yep. heard uh, I heard that um the Halloween um 4K editions that came out, they put them in 4K eco discs. For that really? price, you're putting them in an eco cases screen factory. <laughs> I'm fucking livid. This is why we don't get any sponsors because I tell them how it is. That's you fucking pathetic. It. And it's in a black case to Right. That's why you don't get sponsors. <laughs> Screen Factory listened and we're like, fuck this guy. We're moving on. He's like, he's just like I'm our kind film beast. <laughs> no, they're probably like just another horror schlob that's complaining about a release, but still buying oh, it on God. the down low. I just want episodes now where you like go after each boutique label individually. Like this episode's all about shitting on Criterion and like yeah, shitting you, on you Screen know, Factory. <laughs> you know who's on my shit list in terms of companies right now? It's, it's fucking family video that's going out of business. They I, are I, out of business. They're I, gone. I thought they were I, gone. Yeah. I yeah. Met, well, their Twitter is still active. They're selling stuff online and on eBay for the merchandise. <laughs> They're still in business, boys. We're still in. But I messaged them on Twitter and I, I was like, bruh, you want to be on my podcast? It's about sequel movies. You have jo- we have jokes, drinks, and a good time. You'd be perfect. And they just read it. They never responded. They just read the message. <laughs> Left you on read. <laughs> oh, shut that down. Was an attack yeah. for like, oh, having their arrow and screen factory sales on family video, but it's just same retail price, but they just call it a sale. <laughs> My favorite part of our fly oh. episode on cobwebs is when Mitch said, uh, if you were to fist fight one boutique label, oh, would yeah. you fight? <laughs> oh, Matt, Matt would be like, I would fight vinegar syndrome people because they're just a bunch of sex addicts. Their arms are weak from jerking off to the porn. <laughs> <laughs> I would have said Severin, oh. but then they they announced that full core box. <laughs> and and now I'm I'm back on the Severin train. If you now you you can, Severin's untouchable with the PR stunt that they pulled and 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 like calling fans out on 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 Twitter. Like we got to back oh, away. I forgot about that. Kino Lorber that. too. They went really after people on oh, Twitter. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. They seem so so nice and polite too. Like they just kind of stay in their lane, and they went after all these people. <laughs> Somebody had a bad day. Someone had a bad day, and they were just like, "I'm gonna attack all these motherfuckers." <laughs> Normalize staying in your lane. <laughs> just buy our shit and oh. shut up <laughs> oh man but yeah blade two man it was a fucking good ass time i'm not gonna lie like i was pleasantly surprised like because i saw the runtime i was like god these movies are gonna be like two hours long it's under two hours big deal yeah. the first one flies two hours. by <laughs> i think they both fly by i'll say uh two, two does fly by but man two, i will yeah i will say the cgi is really good in the movie except that last scene on um, the fight scene I did feel like it was kind of yeah. a video game at points. Um, yeah. But I, in I 2000, but in 2002, I'm going to forgive that, you know, because <laughs> a lot of yeah. it was Wesley Snipes. 
yeah i mean i i thought that this time too i was like oh the cgi is rougher than i even remembered but it's not i mean it's season two it's not it doesn't tank the movie because they don't overuse it in every mm-hmm. single fight scene mm-hmm. um there's enough real practical stuff to kind of make up for it um I got, oh, what else can I say? I love this movie so much. I, <laughs> as much as I love the, the blood club scene, the first movie that opens the movie, I may love the scene where Wesley Snipes gets dumped in the bloodbath and comes out and fights the name of the game by Crystal Method yeah. as much or more. Like, so God damn it, I love that fight scene. <laughs> like, it's one of my favorite. I think Roger Ebert criticized the whole, like, you know, when a one guy is surrounded by like 20 guys and he fights them all off. I'm like, listen, I believe in Wesley Snipes' blade is doing it. Like, I'm all in, like, um, love that. I love if he ends with like a suplex too and then pops up in front of Ron Perlman. Yeah. <laughs> so cool when he drops the suplex on him. <laughs> and I love how like Ron Perlman is big time flexing on him. Like, do you want something done right? You got to do it yourself. And then Blake kills him so Instantly. easily. It's not even a fight at all. Oh, so great. It's so good. Um, it, it's a good, yeah. it's a good demise, but man, I wish I got to see what a vampire Ron Perlman would look like with the fangs and everything, you know? <laughs> yeah. I guess we never see his fangs. Yeah. But he True. does get half his face burned, which is nice by the yeah. sunlight. <laughs> I just goes to show this guy was like hardworking in the 90s and early 2000s, being an alien resurrection and then this and then do the Hellboy movies. And then he works with Del Toro, you know, eventually. Same thing as Dorman Reedus ends up going to work with Del Toro in like a video game that they produced a couple years back. But um, oh, I was going to say like what they did, but yeah, I about video games. So yeah, yeah. But take I, your word for it. But I think it's so cool. Like when like these actors, when they were starting out, end up still working in some capacity with these directors that we love. Cause it makes me like those directors even more, you know, Del Toro is probably the most lovable guy in Hollywood, but like, you know, when you see continuous people coming back to work with them, it, it really says something, you know? Yeah. Does Doug Jones have any part in this movie? Cause usually Doug Jones is, attached to the hip with del toro but i don't think he has any part in this movie which is a little rare no i didn't see anything yeah i can't think who we'd play so yeah yeah Um, that's definitely the most consistent relationship del toro has in his career yeah well who has the better eyes in in terms of action superhero um or not even super but just action star was it vince vin diesel's um riddick with the blue eyes or was it uh blade wesley snipes with the brown brown red eyes it's daniel craig as james bond (laughs) i just saw no time to die so he's very on my mind right now (laughs) (laughs) oh i gotta go see that soon i gotta get out there and see that movie um that's that's tough call in the eyes. Uh, maybe Vin Diesel in uh in Riddick. Let me go with that. <laughs> oh, dude, when are you gonna cover Chronicles of Riddick on this podcast? And when are you gonna call me up for that? I'm not gonna do Chronicles. <laughs> I'm gonna do its direct sequel, Dark Fury, the CGI movie that came out after Pitch Black. Oh come on, <laughs> dude! Why you gotta just, hurt me like just that? Just to spite you, he'll do that one instead. <laughs> when I was a, see, when I was a kid around the age you're talking about, Matt with Blade Two, Chronicles of Riddick was like the coolest movie I ever saw oh, in my life. It was the coolest, and I've thing. never revisited it as an adult but my god greatest movie i ever saw when i was like 12 or listen 11. i get it there was like a period where like every movie i saw was like the coolest movie like because <laughs> like, it well first it was like me going to like see movies i probably shouldn't have been seeing like there was like a stretch of mom like it was weird i could see r-rated stuff when i was younger like i saw like robocop and terminator 2 and then my mom tried to put a kibosh on that for like a few years it was like no more r-rated stuff and then she gave up when I like turned nine or 10. She was like, whatever. And then like, <laughs> uh, she was like, you know what? Just basic Fine. instinct kid. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy. Um, no, that'd be too much for me now. Probably that movie is a lot. <laughs> Movies a lot. Um, no, I, I saw Starship Troopers in theaters, but it was, that one was funny because my mom had like talked to somebody. She sent me with like the guy she was dating at the time to take me to this movie. And she'd found out from a friend when like anything really objectionable happened. And she found out there was like a sex scene 
which is barely even a sex scene. And it's like she in a, sh- a shower scene. It's like, okay, take him out during the nudity. But then there's like some of the most graphic violence I've ever seen that no one, <laughs> no one bothered to care about. She was like, don't let him see any nudity though, but let him see all that violence. Um, Man, that's that, Midwestern parents. Although I don't think you are Midwestern, but East Coast, that's just but, American well, I'm parents. Also, I'm also from Indiana. So, you know, uh, oh, there you there go. You go. Yeah. Um, they don't so, know what sex is there. It's a dying state. <laughs> They're not producing quick I enough. always joke that I grew up like a pilgrim. It was like a sexless, uh, no one talked about it. Uh, you know, violence all day long, but no, no sex stuff. Same. Uh, <laughs> That's a lot of horror schlub. Look where like we are TV. now. <laughs> I watch a lot of graphic uh, action and gore, but never any sex. So. <laughs> <laughs> never, ever. Um, I mean, then it was like Blade came out and Blade like completely like changed my world. But you guys will love this story. So I'm like 10 when the first Blade comes out. And that Halloween, I'm begging my mom to go as Wesley Snipes as Blade. And she's like, <laughs> look, oh, no. at, like look at me. <laughs> it's like, I'm not pulling that off. Imagine like 10 year old me like just chubby uh glasses i think braces already going as <laughs> blade and my mom was like my mom sent me to like direct she's like i don't know if you can pull that off honey <laughs> and, I was like, and i said i just need a long leather coat and it'll be fine and she goes they don't really make those for children <laughs> it's like they're gonna be really hard to find and trying to all the excuse to get me out of it and i was like i think i can pull it off she's like i don't know and then, and then you looked at your mom dead in the eyes and said, "Man, some motherfuckers really want to skate up, skate uphill sometimes." <laughs> oh, like I tried so hard and I gave up. I had all these pieces for it ready. I had like some, like a sword. I was like, "I'm gonna go as Blade." Um, your mom like, made no an article like how to teach your ten year old about cultural appropriation. <laughs> but I always say there was never any talk of like doing any kind of brown face or anything like that or black face no none of that like none of that was happening <laughs> i was gonna just go with me pale white me with blonde hair and try to be blade on this in my neighborhood and people <laughs> were gonna somehow understand that why i was blade um i, I really want to do it i couldn't pull it off and then uh god so yeah that was how much i loved blade at that time it's like i gotta go sim for halloween and i can't i think i ended up going to his carbon from south park which is a real hard oh, left god. <laughs> like thanks a lot mom uh, then the cultural appropriation <laughs> starts to come out at that point when you're in <laughs> oh dude mom, yeah it's funny how we it's funny how we like did not care like we just like these things so much that we just wanted to imitate them because like yeah. i remember being like 10 years old on my birthday my dad took me to go get a haircut and he was like you can get whatever haircut you want but your mom said you have to get a haircut for your birthday and i was a huge huge terminator kid growing up and i wanted a flat top like arnold schwarzenegger <laughs> and my dad took me to the, like he didn't take me to any cool like you know very good higher sale styles but it was like a great <laughs> clips or something and this lady gave me the worst excuse of a flat top ever and my mom <laughs> got so mad at me and him when i came back she just like gave me a buzz cut just to like make up <laughs> in my mind i was like i want to look like schwarzenegger like i want the flat top. <laughs> funny because blade is a flat top too That's yeah boys light up i love it i mean even in 98 as a child i knew like you know i wasn't trying to be like oh i should paint myself up no that was not like i knew better Everyone, my mom knew better too no one was like having those ideas and uh i just love <laughs> him as blade so much i think he was the coolest person i've ever seen as blade like um like everything he did i was like everything he does in blade 2 is cool to me it's like even when he's counting down like he's in that sewer even uh, him counting down to 10 is cool it's like 10 9 it's like so <laughs> it's just amazing like how fucking cool he is his blade and that's why it's like really gonna be hard for me to accept someone else's blade in the next movie but I, yeah. i'm i'm and i think dp 13 too which like oh. i'm not all about being an r-rated movie but i feel like if you're doing about vampires and vampire hunters 
you probably need to be rated R. There's gonna be a lot of blood. I mean, it's just kind of, you know, how do you do that as B13? But I don't know. We'll see. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I also love how Wesley Snipes, he doesn't seem very concerned with like giving a realistic performance. He's way more concerned with being cool. So he'll like strike these poses and stuff that are not necessary <laughs> or realistic, but who cares? It's so right. cool. And that seems to be his main goal. And I actually love that. Much like Tobey Maguire, he wasn't as concerned with being the sarcastic Peter Parker from the comics. He was concerned with being a human Peter Parker with emotions and feelings and being also this really cool Spidey web guy um, versus like Tom Holland's kind of like, huh, what, 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 what's going on? <laughs> like you know, I, I be honest. For a <laughs> What's going on? I don't really see the comparisons between uh, Tobey Maguire and Wesley Snipes. But uh, I'm just like saying, well, remember, like, I mean, I feel like in the early, like, 2000s with these superhero movies, they were, like, all about looking cool or really delivering a good performance versus trying to be a comedian or be sarcastic and funny. Like, a lot of, like, a lot of the MCU characters kind of end up being, like, even Thor becomes more of a comedy uh, character. It's because everyone wants to be Robert Downey Jr. Like, yeah. he really set this template and everyone wants to do that. Except yeah. Chris Evans. He really charts his own path. Yeah. Like, yeah, think about, yeah. like, <laughs> Hugh Jackman as uh, as Wolverine in the early 2000s, those X-Men movies. Like, he's just saying, like, cool one-liners and dropping bodies, you know? Um, <laughs> I don't know if Daredevil, I don't know if Ben Affleck ever tried to look cool in those tights. I can't remember. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he is. He was trying that playground, on the playground. Fight scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember oh. the, the small parts I remember with the Incredible Hulk with Eric Bana. I do remember him being pretty sentimental, you know. Like I Chris like Banner, Eric Bana in the role. You know, but like he's not like Mark Ruffalo and being like, you know, zany in a way. Um I don't yeah, know. I love Mark Ruffalo in the role too. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. What was scary in this movie? Um, the scene where they opened the mouth or like all the leather in the nightclub scenes. Cause I thought the nightclubs <laughs> and leather was kind of scary. Some weird stuff in the nightclub scene. Like someone's doing like open surgery and someone's back, it looks like at one point. Yeah. I'm like, what is that? What's like what, what is, is the appeal there? of nightclubs? Is that an era gone by? I don't think they they look I, really attractive. <laughs> I mean. I guess if you're a vampire, you have no, a nightclub's like your only option to get out and do something. <laughs> you know, it's like middle of the night, we're going to go to the weird vampire sex club or something. <laughs> like, I'm going to sound like such an old man, but I'm jealous when I see nightclubs in like old movies, even like as far back as the eighties, honestly, because uh, they look so fun, but nightclubs now, like they're so dark and flashing lights and it's so loud, which is, it's always the same style of music. It's always boom, right. boom, unless it's a country Western nightclub, of course. Right. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah yeah chris not really my scene yeah no (laughs) well i'm glad we all are on the same well i guess matt is the the biggest blade 2 fan i've ever seen i mean yeah five stars all day for blade (laughs) 2 i mean i can't i I try to think of more i'm sorry i'm glad you helped me do this i think i plugged for months i was like pushing like every time like what do you guys want to talk about like blade 2 on your on your twitter thing (laughs) like put a put a picture put a gift something like blade 2 blade 2 um so I'm trying to think of more things to say Man, about it for we you. We got a Blade 3, but we didn't get a Hellboy 3. Damn. Yeah. And I don't know why, because I, Hellboy 2 had like the worst timing. It seemed like the week before Dark Knight came out. Yeah, and I feel like that rough. just killed it. I think I remember the story, but it had a good opening weekend, like solid. But then it like just got its legs cut out from underneath. And I don't think it did well after that at all. It um, did make a lot of money, though. Those Hellboy yeah. movies made bank. Well, I don't know about bank. It did all right. <laughs> oh. Um, I mean, I mean, yeah, I don't think I also don't think anybody quite predicted the juggernaut Dark Knight was going to be because it made way more money than Batman Begins. Mm, way, yeah. way more. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Batman Begins was 2006. I always forget that was Five. before Dark Knight. Yeah. 
and Iron Man comes out the same year, 2008. Like it's a big year for superhero movies. It kind of like is a real landscape changing. It's the game year. changing year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So maybe after that, they were just like, oh, Hellboy three doesn't really fit into what these movies are anymore. I I don't know. I think there was like issues getting it going. I can't remember. I know Detroit talked about wanting to do it, but they just never mm-hmm. did it. So it's crazy to Dude. think. Oh, go ahead. 2007 was an interesting year for superhero movies right before that 2008 because you got fantastic four rise of the silver surfer (laughs) ghost rider and spider-man 3 and i really think that was the year that killed this era of superhero movies and then 2008 took us into the era that we're in now and everything changed i saw ghost rider in theaters (laughs) as did i and i liked it i was I was 14 and I liked Ghost Rider. Just Nick Cage going like, oh, <laughs> love that. I think I've seen Ghost Rider. Now I'm questioning if I've actually seen the whole movie or just parts of Ghost Rider. <laughs> I rewatched it last year. Man, it doesn't hold up at okay. all. Not a bit. It's uh, rough. <laughs> um, man, yeah. it's just like real. I know we've said it before, but man, yeah, it's crazy when you look at earlier, I guess, pre before mcu became what it is like what it meant for like a budget and like box office success it was like the the line that that the disparagement is so much different than than it is now it's like a movie make cost it 120 million to make but it made 125 million well it got its money back and then some but it's just higher degrees of money now it's so hard to disparage between then and you know i hate it you know it's all (laughs) so expensive and and makes so much money it's insane yeah, that's like how I've heard a lot of talk about how it's it seems unlikely that the new Bond movie, No Time to Die, is going to make enough money because it's the most expensive Bond movie ever made. It's really oh, expensive. Wow. Oh, wow. And um, and it's getting released at least kind of during the pandemic. So, you know, I think I, I think I saw it made like 56 million domestically this opening weekend, uh, which is like good, not great. But yeah. but I do think movies are costing too much nowadays. And especially yeah. now that people go to theaters less this this era of monster juggernaut budgets does have to stop and movies are going to have to start getting a little cheaper well i mean yeah i mean once it goes up eventually has to come down and it's probably for the best too um you know but plus did we talk about this the other time one time maybe it was off the (laughs) mic where it's like how do you even equate like you know subscriptions and watching these movies at home does that factor into all of it's just all confusing i can't read the I numbers know. it's a well, new world because they call one thing like they call the snyder cut like super successful like you know warner brothers hbo were like he was a huge hit we don't know i don't know what the numbers are but they're like it's huge and then you're like it was Suicide huge. Squad. best movie ever made best movie of the year <laughs> what are you talking about instant success classic <laughs> I knew I should have brought that up snyder the citizen kane uh, of our snyder time <laughs> um and then like suicide squad comes out and it kind of it's all it's a bomb because it only made a little bit in theaters but i'm like how well did it do on hbo apparently not very well from what i heard interesting okay oh, i didn't watch the suicide squad but i kind of forgot it already came out <laughs> it had no impact which is weird because it's a james gunn movie and i like james gunn and those guardian movies but yeah, man, i, I just, really liked it but yeah, yeah it kind of seemed like it was the one weekend thing and then it was gone and like they keep saying like malignant bombed, but then I'm like, it seems like everybody in the world was talking about it the weekend it came out. Dorks like us are talking about it. I know, it, that's, I, I always say we're in a movie bubble, but it's like, <laughs> I don't know how big the bubble is, you know? So um, I, who knows? Yeah, so it, it, streaming makes things really weird and like mysterious. I feel like the numbers, it's like who knows what is really doing well, you know? <laughs> I can't wait till we read somewhere on like, it's probably gonna be on an indie wire or some shit like that, <laughs> where it's uh um virgin local virginia native matt bledsoe sells blade four script and like makes money. 
and you know he never got to dress up as blade but he got to do a blade movie and to so. write the script yeah <laughs> i'm not i'm not lying i think i might have written like a little treatment for another blade sequel i knew it's I, not I really, your john woo script my john woo script that never got made mitch oliver <laughs> is Roberts, messaging baby. you right now <laughs> shittiest generic script it was like cops and robbers and it's just like a complete ripoff of john but the movies. cops are two vampires. sides of the same coin yeah <laughs> one brother's a cop one's a criminal like they're you know it was very like generic um god i wish i do wish we got more wesley snipes blade of it i want like old man blade now i want like oh yeah. yeah he still <laughs> like, looks good yeah i think i read something the other day i don't know if it's true or not because it might have been like we got this covered or some bullshit where they were saying like marvel wants wesley snipes back in the new blade for some part I don't know if that's true. I, I just want to see him as Blade. Right. Hate, he can't, he can't yeah. be like, I hate you know, the profiting of like the, the original actor being in a small little, you know, Easter egg cut of like a remake of the movie. Kind of like what Candyman did with Tony Todd. Danny and I talked about oh. it a little bit, but it's like, I, yeah. it feels weird. It's like, they're just profiting the image. They don't care about the original work almost in a way. Well, I, I don't know if I agree with that about the new Candyman. Oh, well, he's just to be fair. Oh, I okay. Maybe I took a different. Matt, but... did you see the new Candyman? I did. Yeah. I mean, just the fact that he's in it so briefly—it's weird. It's like, it's like, did they really promote him being in it? it? The whole thing was weird. It was like, was he in it? Was he not? And then it's like, I kind of see him. I'm like, well, I thought that was Tony Todd. <laughs> it's like it was. Yeah. I mean, it, was like, it was like the whole movie was kind of leading up to his resurrection. Kind yeah, of. Yeah. Yeah. Spoilers so... for Candyman. Well, no. This will this will be <laughs> off the mic. Yeah, we don't need to have Candyman on. Oh, okay. I was just <laughs> okay. I okay. Just was curious. Doesn't matter what we say. No, please, no, no. Don't make me work that hard for it. But anyway, back to the conversation. Matt, you have this game you want to play. What is it? Uh, well, I ripped it off from you guys uh, not too long ago. Uh, yes, on... I invented brackets. And you <laughs> you invented brackets. <laughs> Forget the NCAA March Madness. Tournament. Don't feed it's... into this ego, Matt. You, you created this yourself. Oh, but uh, just the idea of doing it on a podcast. And I loved you guys did horror sequels. I think specifically part two is one I just listened to. And uh, I was like, I just love that thing. It's the only time I care about college basketball is March Madness and make a bracket, you know? So it's like, <laughs> I love brackets. So I picked 16 superhero movies, part two specifically, oh, uh, and have them seated here. Like you did Daniel on yours, it was like letterbox average rating. So like okay. the one seat is the highest um, letterboxed and then, you know, so on. And uh, we're gonna go back and forth. This will be interesting. So I'm gonna go Daniel, Chris, Daniel, Chris, back and forth and get, you guys will pick different things. So it's not gonna be very cut and dry about like, Cause there's a move, a couple movies where I'm like, Daniel will take this all the way to number one, but I don't know what Chris is going to do. <laughs> so it just see, it's just going to be a, 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 an argument of like, if Daniel's willing to put in the work to make his case for his movie, cause I, <laughs> I, I can get down on a pit on a pissing contest. Like, easily. <laughs> well, you only have control over certain picks. Like he has uh, the, he has the first pick. So we're going back and forth. Like he has the first matchup. You have the second matchup. Oh, it's like, the final matchup. Oh, I was going to ask you guys about this. I didn't know how we we're going to do the final because I was, oh shit, we have the final. I, it kind of feels bad that it's luck of the draw. We have to like, play that game where we name an actor from a movie and then we name an actor from that said movie. And then maybe we I have a suggestion. Okay. Maybe we both vote on it. And if it's a, if, if we disagree, then you be the tiebreaker. Okay. Okay. That's a good idea. Um, Let's okay. see how this so we, goes. Okay, <laughs> this should be pretty easy. I think it's straightforward here. So this is the tip of oh, the letterbox average highest rating versus the lowest to start off. So uh, Spider-Man 2, Sam Raimi Spider-Man 2 versus the 16th seed, which is Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Daniel, you a, go first. Yeah, <laughs> I have never seen Ghost Rider Spirit well, of Vengeance. <laughs> I know how much it was Spider-Man 2. I almost penciled this in before I even did the, the bracket. I was like, well, that's an easy win for Spider-Man 2. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, yeah, Spider-Man 2. Uh, <laughs> okay. 
it's it's a pretty good movie yeah, it's pretty yeah. good i hope you guys i'm gonna hold back my thoughts for too. now i i was like <laughs> i hope they've seen most of these sequels but um we'll see okay chris now you're next okay uh iron man 2 versus blade 2 oh blade 2 okay blade that's two. good i appreciate that <laughs> man no love for hammer played by sam rockwell <laughs> Dude, those uh, iron no early love for like... Mickey Rourke's bird. <laughs> uh, at least Mickey Rourke's trying something weird in that movie because <laughs> otherwise, I don't mind it. I don't, I don't mind. mind Iron Man two. Honestly, I don't. Yeah, I definitely don't hate Iron Man two, but it's not my favorite. <laughs> I would go no. play two all day. So, um, okay, next matchup: Daniel X two X Men United versus Thor: The Dark World. Oh, okay. So Thor: The Dark World is the only MCU movie that I think is terrible. I think every other MCU movie is at least at least decent. Um, I think Thor: The Dark World is horribly boring, and I think X Men Two is one of the greatest superhero movies ever made. So I'm going to go X Men Two. Okay, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Dark Uh, World is uh, it's torture. It's it's not good. Yeah, I agree with you. It's it's not good at all. Um, Okay, Chris. Oh, I'm curious about this one: Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice versus Batman Returns. Oh no, my beloved Batman Returns is getting kicked out first. <laughs> Dude, he, he heard about me loving Val Kilmer, so he threw that one in there. Um, but I'm gonna give Batman versus Superman. Um, okay. Oh wait, man. You didn't throw you didn't do this thing where you threw the extended cut as well, but you also put I was gonna leave it up to you to judge okay. it however you want to judge it, if it's extended cut or theatrical or you know, whatever. Um it's man, a, that's this a, extended cut because I mean the ultimate edition is the only way to watch yeah. it. So yeah, I'll that's, pick that that's an upset. That's a 13 seed beating a four seed. So wow, 13 seed for Batman got a Super- very low letterbox rating. Like a, a lot 2. of people 5. don't like that movie, dude. Yeah. Dude, I remember <laughs> watching that movie for the first time on my fucking laptop when we were, Danny and I were um, roommates. You at- didn't see that in theaters? No, I watched wow, it on my laptop. Crazy person. <laughs> I rented, like I paid to watch it like on Google Play and I sat down and watched it when our na- when our roommate was arguing with his parents uh, downstairs and I just watched it <laughs> twice and it wasn't even the extended cut. It was just the original. And I was like, ah, this movie's pretty good. <laughs> I was dying to see that for three years, like ever since they announced it at Comic-Con and then it got pushed back and I was like, oh no, I got to see this movie. (laughs) I was so scarred with theaters. I think you all know I was scarred with going to the theaters for from 2010 all the way to 2015. I, I was exposed to a lot of garbage. Oh, I was going to ask what happened to you to theater. Well, Godzilla he had friends pushing him to see a lot of movies he didn't want to see. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, Godzilla 2014 was a thing. And uh, yeah, a lot of <laughs> Kevin Hart comedy movies. <laughs> You don't have to relive that trauma. That's okay. We don't have to <laughs> make you go through that again. That's why you guys um, shake when people touch me. Let's go to the movies. I'm like, no. That's, that's your Vietnam. Is that stretch of movie? <laughs> um, okay, back to Daniel. Okay, Captain America: Winter Soldier versus Wonder Woman 1984. Oh wow, interesting. <laughs> um, you know, I don't love Winter Soldier as much as a lot of other people. So against a different movie, it might have actually gotten kicked out, but. Wonder Woman 84 is a really messy movie. Not terrible, <laughs> but really messy. Uh, I definitely have to go Winter Soldier for okay. sure. Fair enough. All right. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see here. Chris, back to you. All right. Oh, okay. I think I'm going to answer this one. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2 versus Hellboy 2, The Golden Army. Oh, yeah. Hellboy 2. Yeah. I- <laughs> I we barely remember about. the Amazing Spider-Man too, but it's Jamie Foxx's birthday. Did oh, you God. forget? <laughs> Time for me to light the candles. <laughs> I had I blocked most of that movie out. Honestly, that was traumatic for me in theater. <laughs> I was like, "Well, Spider-Man's dead. That's okay." <laughs> oh <laughs> so, man. Um. Okay, back to Daniel. Uh, Superman two versus the Wolverine. 
Oh, interesting. Um, I like Superman too. I haven't seen it in many years. Um, I've never really, I've never really fallen in love with any Superman movie, even though like there are definitely good ones. Um, I, I do have to go the Wolverine. I think that movie is super underrated. I actually really love it. Yeah, I thought you were a fan of that one. So wait, what did he have to choose against? <laughs> uh, um, Wolverine versus Superman two, the old nineteen seventy. The Donner cut. Well, again, you can pick whatever cut the you Richard want. Richard <laughs> Donner, Superman 2. And you choose I don't know the that I've ever seen the Richard Donner cut, actually. I probably should. Superman 2? Okay, yeah. We're, <laughs> we're um, really upsetting each other, Chris. Okay, yeah, Chris, this is the last one of the first bracket here. Um, first round. Uh, Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer versus The Dark Knight. Ah, uh, the Dark Knight. Okay, <laughs> I love the, the hesitation there for a second. This I can't sense. remember. I, I kind of was trying to remember the Silver Surfer. That one I didn't watch a lot. I watched it like one or two times. It is super underrated. That's all I'm saying. Is, are they that's on a bridge I'm on saying. that movie with the Silver Surfer, or is that the first one? No, yeah, that's the first. That's oh, the okay. second one. Okay, yeah. I did see it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, back to Daniel. Back to the top now. Oh, all right. Spider Man Two versus Blade Two. Oh, definitely Spider-Man 2. Yeah, uh, yeah. All apologies to Wesley Snipes. That's understandable. I, I, I'd even do that too, as much as I love Blade 2. So we're getting, <laughs> getting the nitty gritty now. Okay, uh, Chris, X2 versus Batman versus Superman. Ah, uh, X2. Thank okay. you. Thank you. <laughs> X, like like those, uh, you should have put the last stand in this movie. Then we would have had a different bracket. <laughs> part twos only, bro. I was trying to stick with part twos as much. Yeah, um. Mm. Okay, Daniel, Captain America Winter Soldier versus Hellboy 2. Hellboy 2, honestly. Okay. I really, really love Hellboy 2. Okay. Um, Chris, uh, the Wolverine versus the Dark Knight. Uh, I don't want the Dark Knight to keep going. <laughs> but I, I do like it because I don't like Wolverine. I'm going to go okay. with the Dark Knight. Oh, Okay. <sighs> the final four already this is going to be very interesting because chris loves being a contrarian so he doesn't want to be voting for the dark knight <laughs> but you're forcing <laughs> kill you, chris, to do that. <laughs> um okay yeah final four this is gonna get interesting um so back to daniel spider-man 2 versus x-men 2 Ooh, well really do love <laughs> x-men 2 but i gotta go with uh i gotta go with alfred molina my favorite superhero villain of all time so spider-man okay. 2 I love in the trailer, he goes, hello, Peter. And it's for the, the new MCU Spider-Man movie. <laughs> uh, don't get me started. <laughs> um, okay, Chris, Hellboy 2 versus The Dark Knight. Hellboy 2. Hellboy 2. Wow. Get The All Dark right. Knight out. Hellboy I would do that too. I would do that too. Okay. That's where we differ. But I, I you know what? I respect the move. It's <laughs> nothing against Hellboy 2. Okay. <laughs> So now, God, both of you, I'm so curious with this one. Now it's Spider-Man 2 versus Hellboy 2 for the final. For the finale? For the oh. finale. Oh, yeah. damn. That was quick. <laughs> I felt like I skipped something, but no, I think I just it goes by really fast. Um, yeah, Spider-Man 2 versus Hellboy 2 for the winner. I know you guys it's both. Po it's yeah. possible that Spider-Man 2 is the greatest movie ever made. I'm going to go Spider-Man 2. Yeah, I'm going to go with Spider-Man 2. It's okay, a cool I don't want to break the tie there. Okay, that's what I would have done too. <laughs> Daniel, I went over to Daniel's house a couple of weeks back and we I, I turned back before leaving because I wanted to spend more time with him. We watched Spider-Man and he I did. was like, let's immediately watch two right now. <laughs> I fell asleep, <laughs> but boy, I was ready for it. Man, this is funny because I, I look at this bracket. I was like, man, Spider-Man 2 is like too strong a one seed. I almost was going to say, let's take it out 
and just do without it because almost like de facto yeah, winner. But uh, yeah, well, I mean, how can we go wrong with Spider Man 2? So I agree with you guys. So I did admit on this podcast before that Spider Man 2 is my favorite sequel ever made for sure. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. So, well, that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. All right. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Not too many hot takes in there. Not too people probably mad about Hellboy Two versus Dark Knight, but oh well. That's they should expect. Uh, Calm hot. down, Mark Warner. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Warner. Just kidding, uh, love you, brother. <laughs> all right. Well, that was really fun, Matt. I enjoyed that game. Um, you know, is it going to be a staple where I'm ever involved with a podcast that there's going to be a bracket of some choice just to say what I choose? <laughs> you only do brackets from now. <laughs> oh man brackets are fantasy oscars oh yeah 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 i mean if you if, if anybody's listening they want to do that with me i i all i have to say is like bring it on because i will make your jaw drop at some point probably so um but do you go you two uh have anything else you want to say about blade two or about the bracket at all uh the bracket kind of went how i thought it would um but that's okay because it went the right way so that's, that's good uh and uh I, I love Blade 2 so much. The first two Blade movies are so special to me and I don't even know what to say. I feel like I went on like a beginning. I was just gushing nonstop about them. I couldn't stop. So Yeah, uh, I could tell you did because you wouldn't take off those black sunglasses you're wearing right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was holding that sword up and putting that black leather coat on. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't even know. It just, they Blade and Blade 2 were like the movies I wanted to make when I wanted to make movies when I was like a teenager. I wasn't on cool shit. Like, I don't want to make like artsy stuff. I want to make cool stuff like the Blade movies, <laughs> like um, mixing like kung fu and action and horror and, you know, just crazy stuff. Um, It'd be weird yeah. if you were a little kid, like wanting to make uh, Igmar Bergman homages right. or something. <laughs> <laughs> Watching like Seven Seal and crying, like seven years old, like, oh, this is cinema. Uh, like, <laughs> um, no, or you'd I just, just be love- dancing the whole time. <laughs> Glad I finally got to use some of that uh, Blade Two commentary knowledge. It's been useless my whole life until yeah. now. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, no, this was a ton of fun. Chris, thanks for letting me talk about Blade Two because I I love it so much. Of course, Daniel. <laughs> any thoughts for you before we we record another fly episode? <laughs> uh, no, no, I don't think so. I think it's terrific, and I I do think it's one of the best action horror movies ever made. I love it. Yeah, I'm glad Matt you brought that uh, uh, bringing this movie up, and I'm glad Daniel laid the, somehow some like little knowledge on it. We recorded the Hellboy episode because I was curious to visit this uh, th- this movie, so I really enjoyed it too. I think it's a really good movie, and I, I definitely think it's worthy of you know people's time. Um, and I'm curious what people have to have to say about Blade One and Two, mostly Two. Um, especially like Michael Scott, because apparently he's a stan. So he better be retweeting the episode and giving me his thoughts. <laughs> people kick in this movie and he likes movies where people kick. So he's probably a fan. Yeah, but it doesn't have any um, Atkins in it. So it's like, um, you know. Oh, that's actually- right. I forgot that he only likes Scott Atkins movies. And that's it. <laughs> Never mind. Oh, uh, but anyway, uh, Daniel, what are you going to be up to, my man? Um, I guess a recording, it's it's at the end of, this will drop at the end of October, so. Okay. Yeah, well, we've got uh, every Friday, we drop an episode on a movie in the Fly franchise, Fly Fly movies for five Fridays in October. And then we have regularly scheduled episodes on Tuesdays. Um, so like we did episode, we programmed a horror marathon. Matt Bledsoe was on that. Uh, we talked about Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. We did uh, just like a Scream Factory spotlight episode. Lots of fun stuff. Lots of celebration of horror movies in October. And, uh, and we're finally going to do a James Bond episode in November, ah. which Matt inspired me to do with his GoldenEye episode. So I'm like, oh, I got to talk about a 1960s Bond movie. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to be coming up in November. Is there going to be a noir November with the cobwebs? I don't 
I think there will be one November episode. Yeah. I'm excited for that. Well, yeah, I'm enjoying being in those fly episodes. So thanks, Daniel, for also being on my podcast for a little bit. It's always really fun to have you on. Oh, always happy to be mm-hmm. here, man. And uh, we have so many things to schedule October. I'm excited. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then, Matt, um, thank you for coming back on. I know it's been a little while, but we finally got your ass back on here, which I'm excited <laughs> about. Um, you're a really busy guy to get on. So I think that's a good thing because you're doing a lot of cool stuff. Um, and I had a lot of fun. Um, I kind of wanted like twirl a gun and then look at you and be like oh shorty like a uh, robocop <laughs> in that gift <laughs> um, oh man <laughs> but uh no man I, I, thanks for having me on um you know what do you got going on in the well, future you're trying to uh yeah get stuff out in october uh i've been busy i wish i wasn't as busy like in my normal life not even like podcasting mm-hmm. stuff like work and personal stuff um but uh tr- should have like episodes in october all horror stuff four of the five fridays in october hopefully um and uh, yeah it's i didn't accept i thought i have three i got four so i got another one out there so uh november actually speaking of bond we have something very fun bond really i think we're going up for a film feast that daniel and keith rich must be a part of i don't want to say what it is quite yet but I think we're all kind of like a bond mode right now. So it's oh, like, yeah. so you guys I mean, are bonding. That's so cute. That. <laughs> <laughs> we're James bonding on our podcast. So. You all are imagining you're super handsome and picking up chicks and being spies. <laughs> so cute. Just October- my wife. Just my wife. <laughs> October's my over girl. guys. You guys yeah. can't keep dressing up like that. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. I just want to be blade. Not James Bond. I, <laughs> I want to be James Bond. I'll say <laughs> racially yeah. appropriate. I will. <laughs> at least so far this is true Uh, i demand though matt while i have you on here i have to be on a film feast episode close to october so we can consume cinema and i can eat a chicken leg or turkey leg while we record oh my god we should Should do like that november yeah Yeah. like a thanksgiving october november's after october film feasting (laughs) i mean that that'd be the time to do it if we're gonna do it i feel like that should happen yeah well Well, you know uh never mind (laughs) (laughs) dude he's like this whole thing's ridiculous um yeah so just doing you know horror stuff in october uh fun bonding in november still have the tony scott series been doing on scottable going on for a foreseeable future i think we'll have two episodes in november because i'm not doing one in october because all horror stuff so um got some good guests on up for that uh yeah a lot of exciting stuff it's, it's all good so. very good gentlemen very good i'm so excited happy to uh, have you two on here uh, i had a really good time this was really fun and uh, I hope I get you two on here again. Well, I know I'm going to get you two on here again at some point. Um, and I wish <laughs> nope, you. Nope, I'm done. This is it. <laughs> <laughs> but I am excited to see what other works you two put out because you're some of my favorite content creators. And uh, if you're fans of them, I uh, uh, you can obviously follow each other um, on Twitter. Daniel, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, you can follow me personally at Epler Daniel, or you can follow my podcast at um, Cobwebs Pod on both Twitter and Instagram. Mm-hmm. And Matt, where can people find the feast? <laughs> uh, you can follow Film Feast Pod on Twitter at just Film Feast Pod, actually. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and you can follow me on Twitter at MattLady7. Uh, you can find the Film Feast Podcast anywhere that you can podcast now. I'm pretty sure we're on every platform. Um, and you can follow me and the podcast on Instagram at just Film Feast, which is all one word. And I highly recommend people follow them. If you want to follow the show, Inside the Sequel, go on our website, insidethesequel.com. Go ahead and follow us on Twitter as well at SequelPod. And then you can follow me personally at Hurtastic underscore Chris. Uh, Thank you, too, for being on here for Blade 2. And remember, if you aren't staining Del Toro's Blade 2, then do you really care about cinema? Anyway.